0: Now, for the show reflecting on classic radio Hollywood 360 with your host, Carl Lamar.
4: A hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes.
0: Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for.
1: 90 dollar.
4: Leave the gun. Take and cannoli.
0: Quiet, numbskulls! I'm
3: broadcasting.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360 will conclude The Smiths of Hollywood, starring Harry Von Zell from 1947. Then we'll open the sealed book. For another mystery, originally broadcast in 1945. By my side is my co-host Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. And my executive producer, Mike Gastella. Hello, up, Carl. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm good. All right. Well, last time we began listening to the premiere episode of The Smiths of Hollywood, starring Harry Von Zell, along with Arthur Treacher, Brenda Marshall, Jan Ford, Joe Forte. And many others. Let's go back to January 10th, 1947, for the auto accident. The conclusion now of the Smiths of Hollywood.
5: Bumps, your hour is up. Besides, Miss Glamour's coming over pretty soon.
6: I suppose you want me to be nice to old hatchet puss. Uh, uh,
5: that's no way to talk about your elders.
6: I was just quoting my elders. Well, I guess I'll go make myself beautiful. Well, don't stay in the bathroom forever.
7: Oh, that daughter of yours worries me at times.
0: My daughter. My daughter. Don't pass the buck. I'll I'll get it.
5: Uh, None of that barroom humor now.
0: (coughs) Hello?
7: Bill, the most terrible thing has happened. You can't imagine. I must see you at once.
0: Oh, Miss Glamour, why, certainly.
7: Oh, I think I'm going to faint. What?
5: Well
0: (laughs) Miss Glamour, very upset about something. What? She didn't say, but let's be prepared. Boiling water. Boiling water. Lots of it. (laughs)
7: And never in all my born days have I been so insulted. It no. was ghastly not to mention the physical injury. Well what? I have a half inch scratch on my knee but how... and the public humiliation. Me wants the toast of America.
6: What a memory. Bumps <laughs> <laughs> now
0: you go to your room.
6: we oh, yeah.
0: Well go. Uh, perhaps a spot of brandy, Miss Flamore, to soothe your nerves?
7: Well, do you think it might help? I uh, think so. You know, I never touch the stuff. But perhaps just a dash.
0: Well, good, good. Yes. Here we are. I'll just say when, Miss Flamore. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> when? Yes, yes. <laughs> Now, uh, let's start at the beginning, shall we? Just tell me exactly what happened.
7: Well, I tell you, none of it was my fault. No. I, uh... Miss <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
0: Lamour, uh, Miss Lamour, uh, just uh, sip uh, the brandy. Oh, oh just okay. sip it. yeah, yes, of God.
7: It was just too ghastly, such rudeness, really, well, and uh, the crowd laughing. Crowd? I knew I have a perfect suit. Injuries, libel, habeas corpus. I want you to handle the suit,
0: Bill. Well, i will be very happy to, Miss if you'll just give me the details. Well,
7: I assure you, none of it was my fault. Even the policeman said that I was... uh... Pop! Guess what I got? Quiet,
5: dear. Miss Glamour and your father are talking.
7: Oh, she isn't bothering us. She's a perfect little lady. Uh, Come over here, little Shirley. And let me look at you. Uh,
6: What do you have in the box, dear? Dolls? Oh, no. This is my collection. Uh, Postage stamps? No. Lizards. Oh. want to see them?
0: Ah! Uh, close that lid.
7: Oh, get those lizards away. Ah!
5: Oh. She's fainted. Bill, help me get her upstairs.
0: Yeah.
5: Pop, can I come out of my room
6: now?
0: No. Lizards. All the things in the world to collect, she has to pick lizards.
5: Are they all rounded up?
0: Yes. How is the old... Uh, How is Uh, Miss Lamore?
5: Oh, she's resting. I'm going to fix her some tea.
0: You see, I had her legal business practically in the bag. If you don't get that fur coat,
2: it's your child's fault.
5: My child knows passing the buck.
2: Oh, there you are. I say, uh, has the piano lesson stopped? Shh, quiet, Uncle Cecil. We have a guest upstairs resting. Really? You don't say stand a bit of a rest myself.
0: <laughs> uh, Uncle Cecil, did you bring the trunks? No,
2: no. As a matter of fact, I didn't get to the depot. Old boy I had a spot of trouble. Trouble? What happened? Well, some old biddy ran into me. <laughs> Made a made a bit of a mess of your car, I'm afraid. It's on Sunset Boulevard. Oh, that's all I need. Oh, I wouldn't fret I'm going to sue, you know. Matter of fact, I want you to handle the case for me. Oh. Should be able to nip the old creature for a sizable sum. Entirely her fault. It, well, uh, who was she? Oh, I really couldn't say. I got her license number, though. That's good. She was driving down the wrong side of the street. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> there I was, mind you. There I was. As far over on the Left-hand side as I could get. <laughs> the left side, practically on the curb. Oh. She ran head into bed. Wouldn't be surprised by what the old girl had been nipping. <laughs> oh. oh, look, look, look. Nothing to worry about, old boy. No. The crowd was all on my side. Gave her a bit of a dressing down. Oh,
7: Nancy, never mind bringing the tea up here. I'm feeling much better.
2: I say, uh, <clears throat> who was that? That's a familiar voice.
7: The accident and all, I'm just a little bit shaky in the knees, but I'll oh, be all right. Me,
2: word, it's Greville Gertie.
6: <laughs> oh,
0: you!
2: Something's ringing.
0: Oh, the phone, I'll get it. Hello?
6: This is the Cooper Radio Survey. Is your radio playing?
0: Why, well, sure, sure, the radio is always on around here.
6: Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: oh. oh, excuse the interruption, Miss Glamour uh, radio survey Now, this party who
2: bumped into your car No party, I assure you And it was she who bumped into my car Or yours, William Why, the old biddy was a... Old
7: biddy! <laughs> Why, you had, you bounder, you fugitive from reverse land lease
6: Easy, old girl, easy,
2: I have no desire for further words with you, ma'am. If you have anything to say, say it to my nephew, William. Nephew? you. Yes, he's handling my legal affairs. We're suing, of course.
6: You're suing? Why, I'll show you. What. I thought I ought to tell you. I just counted. There are only 20. What if our lizard is... Oh, there, yeah, Miss Blamore... Down of your chair. Oh, this is the
7: end. Get me out of here. Easy, Miss
0: Glamour. Get
7: out of my way, Bill Smith, to no. think I almost made you my legal advisor. No, I... You'll hear for me. Insults, car wrecks, lizards. Well, I'll sue. I'll hire a dozen attorneys. No, I... I'm going right down to Henshaw, 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 and Henshaw. Well, Miss
0: you, you you left out a Henshaw. And
8: Henshaw!
7: Goodbye. <laughs>
2: Noisy, old dame, isn't it?
0: Amazing. Wah, 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 wah. Well, the more I think of it, the matter
2: I get. Driving down the left side of the street. What side of the street is one supposed to drive on? The right, you fathead. Well, I'm terribly sorry, old boy. Uh-oh. Someone should have told me that you drive on the right side of the street over here in the colonies. <laughs> <laughs> but I say, uh, aren't we fortunate that you're a barrister, William?
0: Uncle Cecil. Did anybody tell you that my car insurance expired yesterday? You'll probably have to auction off a castle.
2: My boy, my boy, what should I be doing with a castle? We all knights have castles. Oh, that's a Hollywood legend, old chap. I did, as a matter of fact, have a small country place once, but it went to the crown for taxes.
0: Uncle Cecil, are you trying in your roundabout way to tell
2: me that you're broke? Flat as a wafer. <laughs> Ah, the phone. Yes. Uh, now, if anyone wants me, they can have you. Yes. Thanks very much. Yes.
0: <laughs> Hello, Hard Luck Smith speaking. Smith,
2: I'm representing Miss Glamour. This is Henshaw, the law firm of Henshaw, 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 Henshaw and oh, Henshaw. Ooh, Henshaw. I think I'll take a walk. Yeah. Now, wait a minute, you old faker. What's that, Smith? Oh, no. Not you, Henshaw. Cecil, come back here. I see that delightful child of yours outside. And as you yourself said, William, I must get to know her better. Carry on. I say, Bums, let's sit down. I'm tired of walking.
6: You don't want to go back to the house, do you? Oh,
2: not till your father's a little calmer.
6: He won't get calmer. Uncle C, do you know why we walked up this street? Because Miss Glamour lives right here on the corner. There?
2: Oh, jolly, let's be on our way.
6: I think you ought to see her and talk about a sewing pop.
2: I'd sooner <laughs> argue with a Bengal tiger for the last bone in India.
6: <laughs> you simply got to talk to Miss Glamour or we'll all be in the poorhouse.
2: Now, let's not be hasty. Now, you see, I don't share your confidence about being able to reason with the old biddy.
6: Reason? You're a dope. Never reason with a woman. Charm him. Melt her down.
2: That relic from the Ice Age? Why, she could pass unscathed through a blast furnace.
6: <laughs> Once you get a foot in the door, you'll be set. What's you got to lose?
2: Only my foot, I guess. Well, perhaps I should try. Well, go ahead. Ring the bell. Roger. Roger, who's he?
6: <laughs> Come on. Give her everything. You know. Look down your moniker. Cut your heels. Kiss her on the hand you all ring the bell. I hear her coming. Carry on, old boy.
2: Never, never will I drive on the left again. Never, never will I drive on the left again. Never, never will I drive on the left again. Never, uh, never. Oh, you. Never, never. Ah, oh, my dear Miss Clamore.
7: Don't dear Miss Clamore me. What do you want?
2: A word with you, madam? Kiss her hand. I'd sooner a stroke a lion. <laughs>
7: you have anything to say, you can speak to my attorneys. Henshaw, Henshaw, Henshaw.
2: Dear Miss Flemour, must we mix business with pleasure? My, what a charming house. Build it yourself? Yes. (laughs) Must have been hot work, hmm?
7: taken enough insults from you. Will you please get out?
2: Madam, in the presence of beauty and intelligence, I am always at a loss for words.
7: If you think I can be taken in by flattery, eh, you're wrong. You impudent
6: old owl-faced tortoise. Going to let her get away with that, Uncle Fnitty?
2: She's a bit fresh, isn't she? Yes, but this was all, <laughs> all your idea, child.
6: Don't give up. As Pop says, when you want to beat some sense into a woman's head, well, you know where to start.
2: Yes, well, it did work with your mother, didn't it? <laughs> my dear Miss Glamour, if you would lay yourself across my knee, yes. as they do in the cinema, what? it would spare us a struggle. However, if you won't...
6: Oh, you are mad! Get away! are me, Uncle oh. Roger!
2: Roger, oh. who's he? Yes. Oh. Here we go! Oh, <coughs> One, please, Bump. you keep the ball. I don't!
6: I
7: don't. I don't. I don't.
2: There we go, dear. Really? Oh, get it. Oh. Oh. There we go. Oh. There
6: go. Oh. And it was the funniest thing you ever saw, Pop. Uncle Smitty would smack her and then she'd begin those funny noises. I didn't know whether she was crying or laughing. And then... And then I decided it was time for me to go home. Shh.
0: Wait,
2: here comes Uncle Cecil now. Uncle Jimmy has got the beautiful ruby-tinted nose. Oh, I say, hello, I say. I hope you didn't wait dinner for me. I dined with Miss Clamour.
7: So we gathered, bumps told.
2: Yes, a fine woman, Miss Clamour. I say, William, I think you can forget the lawsuit. What? Well, I haven't a legal mind, but I have heard that a wife can't testify against her husband. Oh, Uncle <laughs> Cecil, you didn't. Well, I haven't committed myself to matrimony yet, old girl, never fear, but a a few things I want to consult you on, William. Well, Uncle Cecil, you have but to speak. Well, perhaps you can tell me the workings of the community property laws here in California.
0: Oh, yes. Well, it's a sort of a 50-50
2: affair. 50-50, eh? Well, that might work out. 50 cents for her and 50 dollars for me. I'll have to think it over. (laughs)
0: Well, as you can see, Uncle Cecil is going to have a lot of fun in America. But are we? (laughs) I don't know. I'll have to report on that next week. Don't forget, same time, same station. It's a date at our house. See you there.
1: And that's The Smiths of Hollywood from January 10th, 1947 with The Auto Accident, which is the very first episode in that series. It starred Harry Von Zell along with Arthur Treacher as heard on the Mutual Broadcasting System. We'll have more of those episodes for you. We have the whole run. It lasted, I think, about one season. So we have maybe 25 episodes, 30 episodes of that. All right. Well, when we come back from this break, we'll tune into A Good Mystery on the season. C- the old books stick around more hollywood 360 after these important messages Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood three sixty. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood three sixty across about two hundred radio stations coast to coast. Want to remind all of our listeners that we have a podcast for this show. If you miss our program for any reason, just go to Hollywood three sixty radio dot com. We have a podcast up twenty four seven, and it's always one week behind, but you'll get the full four hour show. And uh, we happily do that at hollywood360radio.com for you. We don't want you to miss our weekly show. Absolutely not. And when you go to hollywood360radio.com, you're going to see a pop-up that talks about our surprise boxes. I don't know how much longer we will have this promotion. You can get uh, classic radio on CD. You can get uh, classic movies and TV shows on DVD. And you can get Twilight Zone radio dramas on CD. Only 39.99 and you get $150 worth of brand new products. So just go to hollywood360radio.com, check out the pop-up all about our surprise boxes and when you're at our website, make sure you check out our app banner. There's a banner for our free app. You can have our free app, and uh, you get 10 classic radio shows when you download the app. All right, it's time now for the sealed book. This was a mystery and terror series. It came to radio for one season in 1945. It was produced and directed by Jock McGregor. came to Mutual Radio. Philip Clark was the mysterious silent keeper of the book in which is recorded all the secrets and mysteries of mankind throughout the ages. The scripts were by Robert A. Arthur and David Cogan. That was the same team that brought us the mysterious traveler and the strange Dr. Weird. This is an episode of The Sealed Book now called The Queen of the Cats. It stars Philip Clark as our host. Here's part one of The Sealed Book.
4: The Sealed Book. Once again, the keeper of the book has opened the ponderous door to the secret vault wherein is kept the great sealed book which records all the secrets and mysteries of mankind through the ages. Here are tales of every kind, tales of murder, of madness, of dark deeds, strange and terrible beyond all belief. Keeper of the book, I would know what tale we tell this time. Open the great book and let us read. Slowly, the great book opens. One by one, the keeper of the book turns the pages and stops. Ah, the strange story of a woman who was born with the soul of a cat. A tale titled, Queen of the Cats. Here is the tale, Queen of the Cats, as it is written in the pages of the sealed book. It is early evening and in a large, old-fashioned living room filled with gloomy shadows. Young Chris Arnold, his face haggard, sits glowering at his fiancée, Jane Elliott. The serious-faced doctor whom she has brought to see him. Chris's hand trembles as he tries to light a cigarette while he speaks.
3: I'm sorry, Jane, made you come all the way out here to see me, Dr. Smith. There's nothing wrong with me.
8: Nothing, I tell you.
3: Oh,
5: Chris, there is. I know it.
8: Yes, Chris, Jane's right. I have known you all my life, and I can see at a glance there's something wrong. Now, why not tell me and, and let me see whether I can help you or not? I... All right.
3: I'll tell you got to tell someone. Dane knows part of the story already. She was in it. But I'll tell it to you from the very beginning, which was two years ago at a party to which Jane and I were invited...
6: Oh, Chris, isn't this a
3: wonderful party? The only thing wonderful about it is you. Oh,
7: Chris, don't! People are watching. A
3: fine thing when a man can't kiss his best girl in public. (laughs) What's this generation coming to?
7: At Miss Tyndall's school, we were taught a young lady never kisses a man in public. Uh,
3: Miss Tyndall is setting romance back fifty years. Who are you looking for, anyway? Uh,
7: Rana Farouk, my roommate at Miss Tindor.
3: Oh, she's the Egyptian girl you were telling me about.
7: Yes, I want you to meet her. Only you'd better not fall in love with her as every other man does.
3: Mm, sounds as though she's a second Cleopatra.
7: <laughs> men don't seem to be able to resist her.
3: Really? Mm. Well, I'm curious to see this siren of the Nile.
7: There
5: she is, Chris.
3: Come on. So that... That's Rana. No wonder men can't resist her.
5: Hello, Jane. Miss Tindall. Oh, Rana, this is Chris Arnold. Chris, this is Rana Farouk. Hello, Chris. Hello, Rana. Oh, look, there's Miss Tyndall waving to me. Excuse me, won't you? Of course,
6: Jane. I'll be back in a minute.
5: <laughs> you know, Chris, at Miss Tyndall's, the first thing I'd see in the morning when I got up and the last thing before I went to bed was your picture. And I always knew that someday we would meet... Now we have. Why are you staring at me like that? Aren't you going to say anything?
3: I preferred just to look.
1: That's the first portion of the sealed book. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to the sealed book.
3: Even now, Doctor, two years after our first meeting, I find it difficult to describe how beautiful Rana was. I was her slave from the moment I saw her. A month after we'd met, we were married. I see. Please go on, Chris. After Rana and I were married, we took an apartment in town. In the months that followed, I began to see Rana not as the image I'd been infatuated with, but as she really was. Vain, selfish, and possessive. Mm. It was a possessiveness verging on madness. She couldn't bear to have me out of her sight. And when I was, upon my return, there'd be questions, countless questions. I began to dread seeing her. And then... and there were the cats. The cats? yes. The apartment was always full of cats. She'd sit for hours stroking them, whispering to them, tell I felt I'd go mad. And that was when I got the strange idea that Rana wasn't really human at all. The great cat herself, wearing human form. She and the cat seemed to talk together as if they understood each other perfectly. Life became a nightmare for me. A nightmare full of cats and Rana asking questions, endless questions... One day I realized I couldn't go on living with her any longer. That our marriage had been a mistake. I decided to tell her about it that very evening without waiting any longer. Now come in, Rana? Of course, dear. Rana, there's something important I want to talk to you about. Please,
5: Chris, there's so little time just now. We can talk after the party.
3: But, Rana, this is important. I think that...
5: Darling, whatever you have to say can wait. Now, please, honey. But uh... please.
3: Well, all right. We'll discuss what I have to say later.
5: Chris, when I called you at the office this afternoon, why didn't you tell me that you'd had lunch with Mary Walker?
3: How did you know I had lunch with her?
5: Oh, a friend told me.
3: A friend? Who was it?
5: What is it,
3: my beauty?
5: What are you trying to tell?
3: Me? Run up, put that cat down and answer me. Who was the friend that told you I had lunch with Mary Walker?
5: Someone you've never met, darling.
3: How oh, is it you always know what I've been doing? Whom I've been seeing? It's as though you have people
5: spying on me. Chris, what a thing to say. Now, please hurry or we'll be late.
3: There's something strange about the way you always know what I've been doing. Sometimes I suspect <coughs> you... Chris,
5: look out! You stepped on Sabina's tail. So,
3: if there weren't so many cats underfoot, I wouldn't have stepped on it. Why must you keep five cats around?
5: Because I love cats. Beautiful, sacred. Thousands of years ago, my ancestors worshipped cats. And the great cat goddess, Sakonet. On the river Nile, close by the ancient city of Hamadi, where I was born, are the graves of a hundred thousand sacred cats. Who have been mummified and buried with reverence.
3: Donna, I can't go on like this anymore.
5: My darling, what do
3: you mean? Our marriage was a mistake. I want a divorce.
5: Chris, you can't be serious. But I am. No, Chris. I love you and I won't give you up. You're mine, darling. You always will be. Nothing shall ever separate us. <laughs>
2: Here for cocktails, uh... No, thank you.
7: Well, even if you won't
2: have one,
5: Mr. Arnold,
3: I will. Jane! Oh, Jane, it's good to see you again. Can't we go someplace and talk? What about the terrace? Oh, all
5: right,
3: Chris. Here, this door opens, Arnold. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is much better. It's been quite some time since we've seen each other, hasn't
5: it? Yes, the last time we saw each other was the night... Before.
3: The night that I met Ronna...
5: Yes. How is Ronna, Chris?
3: Oh, she's fine. We... Oh, Jane, I've made such a mess out of everything. I was a fool to have married her.
5: Please, Chris, you mustn't talk like that. I
3: was a fool, Jane, mistaking infatuation for love. Can you ever forgive me for the way I behave towards you? There's
5: nothing to forgive, Chris. This is a surprise. Ronna. Hello, Ronna. Really, Jane, the way you've avoided calling on us, I... I suspect you're still in love with Chris. Rana,
3: you have no right to talk to her like that. Please,
5: Chris, uh, I'm afraid I'll have to
7: be leaving. It's getting quite late. Good night.
8: Good night, Jane.
5: I hope I didn't interrupt anything by coming out here so unexpectedly, Chris.
3: Yes, Ronna, you did. I was about to tell Jane that I love her and that I always will. Rana, you've got to give me a divorce.
5: I'll never give you a divorce, never. Do you hear? Your so mine. You always will be. If I can't have you, no one else will.
4: There is horror on Chris Arnold's features as he tells the doctor of his efforts to get his wife Rana to divorce him, and of her refusal to let him go. I can still
3: see her, doctor. She stood there glaring at me. She looked like a cat. A great angry cat. Her green eyes were cold and murderous. Her long nails dug into my arm. Her body was tense. For the moment I thought she was going to scratch my eyes out. And she turned and stalked away. Mm. What happened after that night, Chris? I ceased speaking to Ronna. We lived in the same apartment, but that was all. Ronna waited for me to come around. With all the patience of a cat playing with a mouse... When a month had passed and I still refused to talk to her, she made an attempt to win me back. It happened one night as we were driving to this house. Why are you slowing down, Rana?
5: I want to talk to you, Chris, and I can't talk to you while I'm driving.
3: There's no point in your stopping. We have nothing to say to each other.
5: But we do, darling. Chris, we could be so happy together if you wanted to. You know how much I love you. I'd do anything to make you happy. Anything.
3: Anything? Then you can give me a divorce.
5: Chris, you haven't any right to treat me like this. I'm your wife.
3: Only in the eyes of the law, not in my eyes. I
5: hate you. I hate you! Oh, you fat!
3: You almost took my eyes out with those claws of yours. I
5: will scratch your eyes out before I let any other woman have you. Your are mine and you always will be. Perhaps this will bring you to your senses.
3: <gasps> Slide over. I'll drive.
5: Very well, Chris. You think you've beaten me, Chris. But you haven't. In the end, you'll come crawling to me. It may take a year, two years, five years. But I can wait.
3: You have everything planned perfectly, Rana, don't you? But I have one way of escape from you that you never thought of.
5: Really? Really? And what way
3: is that? I can escape through death. Death? Yes, Rana. If I should fail to take the curve a hundred yards ahead, we'd plunge off the side of this mountain. Chris, you wouldn't. Why not, Rana? You've showed me there's nothing to live for. This at least is a clean way out. No,
5: Chris. Chris, don't. No. No.
3: When I drove the car over the side of the mountain, Doctor, I thought Rana and I were going to our deaths, but fate decreed otherwise. When I recovered consciousness 48 hours later in a hospital, I learned it was only Rana who had died. I only had a few bones broken and was out of the hospital in a month. It was just a week later that I ran into Jane.
5: Oh, Jane! Oh, great, you. Janey, you
3: always seem to pop up just when I need you most. These past weeks
5: must have been so difficult
3: for you. Oh, I don't want to look back at the past, Jane, but only to the future. The future I once hoped we'd share, and still do. Two months ago, Doctor, Jane and I became engaged. It was just about that time that I first began to notice that everywhere I went, there always seemed to be a cat following me.
8: Are you sure you weren't imagining it, Chris? At
3: first I thought it was my imagination, but a week after Jane and I became engaged, I was certain I was being followed.
8: Tell me, Chris, was it always the same cat that followed you? No.
3: No, one day it'd be one cat and another day a different one. Then one night I saw her. It happened in this very room six weeks ago. I had great difficulty in falling asleep that night. Suddenly, the silence was broken by the faint crying of a cat. The crying grew louder and louder. I lay in the darkness, listening. Realizing that the cat crying was real, living, and in my room. I could feel my heart pounding as I sat up in bed. I looked about my darkened room. And suddenly, I saw her. Two burning green eyes in the darkness. There was no mistaking those eyes... They were Rana's. I stared into those eyes for what seemed like hours. Then as though listening to a stranger's voice, I heard myself speak. Rana. It is you, Rana, isn't it? Yes, I'd recognize those green eyes anywhere. So you've come back. And in the form I've always thought of you as. A cat. I know why you've come back. Because of Jane. You always said that if you couldn't have me, no one else would. That was yours and always would be. Well, you're wrong, do you hear? Jane and I are going to be married. You came between us once, but you aren't going to this time. I will marry her. And there's nothing you can do to stop me.
8: Ah,
2: You fiend try to scratch my eyes out, would you? Well, we'll see about that.
3: Ah, That'll show you. Nothing you can do will stop me from marrying her. I know that the cats that were following me and spying on me were doing so under your orders. You... You're the queen of the cats. Yes, I should have known. No wonder you always knew where I'd been, who I'd seen. You had cats spying on me even then. Well, even if you are the queen of the cats, you can't stop me from marrying Jane. Perhaps a bullet between those green eyes of yours is what's needed.
4: His voice shaking. Chris Arnold is telling how he shot at the great black cat, which came to him in the night, and missed.
3: I emptied the gun at her, Doctor. At Rana in her true form of a great cat. And I turned on the light. There was no sign of her. It vanished. All that I found were six bullet holes in the wall opposite my bed.
8: Chris! Isn't it possible that you only dreamed all that, that actually you fired the gun in your sleep, and the shots themselves wakened? I'd tried to tell myself that. But during the nights that followed, I knew it
3: hadn't been a dream. But night after night, the great black cat appeared in my house. I'd lie awake, waiting to hear her voice. When she'd appear, I'd plead with her to leave me alone, but she'd only stare at me with those burning green eyes, waiting, waiting. I knew she'd never leave me alone as long as I intended to marry Jane. Why I may mean, I want to see Jane?
5: Chris, this is a surprise. Come
3: in, darling. Jane, there's something I want to ask you.
5: Yes, Chris. Of course. What is it?
3: I know we set our wedding for next week, but couldn't we put it off for a while? Just a little while.
5: What is it? There's something wrong. I know there is. Please tell me.
3: wish I could, but I can't. Please, Jane, just have faith in me. You know I wouldn't postpone our marriage if I could possibly help it.
5: All right, Chris, I I do have faith in you. We'll consider our marriage postponed. For the time being.
3: The night I put off my marriage to Jane, Doctor, was the first night that Ronna didn't appear. And the first night in a week that I was able to sleep.
8: You think, Chris, that she didn't appear again because you had postponed your marriage to Jane. I know it. Weeks went by. Weeks in which I was able to sleep soundly without being
3: awakened by her. I came to think that perhaps it had all been part of a horrible nightmare and that I was over it at last. A week ago, I asked Jane to set the date for our wedding. She did so. That same day, we took out a marriage license. But that night, Rana appeared again. Her eyes shining in the dark, cold and murderous. I've seen her every night since. I tell myself that I mustn't be afraid, but I keep hearing her voice over and over. If I can't have you, no one else will. You're
8: mine and you always will be. Chris, darling, I wish
5: I'd known all this before.
8: You feel, Chris, that somehow she prevents prevent you from marrying Jane? No, I sound mad, but I do. I have a feeling something horrible will happen if I attempt to marry her. You still have the marriage license? Yes, why do you ask? Chris, you've reached a crisis in your life. You're faced with fears that are threatening to overwhelm your sanity. Now, the best way for you to challenge your fears is to go through with your marriage to Jane now, tonight. Tonight, yes. yes. It's quite late, but I'm sure a friend of mine who's a judge will marry you. All right, Doctor. Jane, will you marry me
5: tonight? Yes, Chris. Yes.
8: Sorry to get you up in the middle of the night, Judge, but... For reasons I can't explain, it's important that these two be married tonight. That's quite all right, Doc. I was glad to oblige a friend. Have we got the license and the ring, young man?
3: Yes, sir. There's the license and here's the ring.
8: Good. Now, young man, if you'll take a right hand. That's it. Now, shall I give the long ceremony? Or the short one. The
5: short one, please.
8: Just as you say, young lady. This is the shortest one I've got. And do you, Jane Elliott, take this man to be your lawful wedded husband to love, honor, and obey as long as you both shall live? I do. Do you, Christopher Arnold, take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife to love, honor, and cherish as long as you both shall live? I do. It's, it's
7: she It's Rana. Oh, Chris, please. It's only a black cat. She mustn't pay any attention to
3: it.
8: Of course not. Not now, It's Rana, I tell you. Look at her eyes.
3: I told you she'd try to prevent my marrying Jane. Well, i get rid of her for once and for all.
7: Chris, what are you doing with that gun? Put it down.
3: Oh, she got away. Well, wherever she's gone, I'll find her. Turn. Chris!
7: Chris, come back!
8: Oh,
7: Doctor,
8: where can it be? Oh, Jane, it can't be far off. We'll find it. Listen.
7: Doctor, that must be Chris
8: firing that gun. Come on. Those shots came from close by. Oh, hurry. Hurry. You better take it easy now, Doc. Uh, it's pretty dark out here. Wait a moment, I'll light my light on. Huh? Doc, look, a dead cat. Yes, it was shot through the head. Look, here's another one that's been shot to death. Neither one of them is the black cat. Say, Doc, isn't, isn't anybody over there? Chris! Say, Jane, you stay with the judge while I look.
5: All right, doctor. There, 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 there. <laughs> You mustn't cry. But this would never have happened if I hadn't agreed to marry him. He was afraid, so afraid. Doc, is it Arnold?
8: <laughs> yes, it is.
5: He's dead, isn't he? see it in your face.
8: Yes, Jack. Cha- yes. But Doc, how could such a thing have happened to him in such a short time? He's been clawed to bits, as if by the claws of hundreds of cats. Oh. And most horrible of all eyes have been scratched up.
4: Two days later, at Chris Arnold's funeral, a great black cat appeared as if from nowhere, sitting close by the edge of the grave and licking its paws as it watched the coffin lowered into the earth. When they tried to catch it, it leaped away and seemed to vanish. and was never seen again. Was it truly Rana, Chris's wife, reborn in the shape of the cat she had been at heart? The answer is not written here. The tale has been told just as it is recorded in the sealed book. Be sure to be with us again next time when the sound of the great gong heralds another strange and exciting tale from The Sealed Book. The Sealed Book, written by Bob Arthur and David Cogan, is produced and directed by Jock McGregor.
1: And that's the sealed book from June 24th, 1945 with the Queen of the Cats, hosted by Philip Clark, as heard on Mutual. Good scary adventure there. Let's take a break, and then it's more. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of April, log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, Volume 1, featuring six 75-minute detective adventures. Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half price, only $9.99, via digital download this month only. Also on sale during April is Gunsmoke, Volume 1, featuring 12 stories of the Old West. Gunsmoke Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half price, only $9.99 via digital download this month only. In May, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during April. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to order, and while you're there, download an episode of Suspense, starring Cary Grant absolutely free, as our gift to you. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. Hi, Carl Amari here for Remind Magazine, America's monthly blast from the past. Each month, Remind Magazine focuses on a pop culture theme from the 1950s through the 1980s, covering a wide spectrum of topics from Marilyn Monroe to Marilyn Manson. In every 50-plus page issue of Remind Magazine, you'll find dozens of puzzles, movie posters, trivia contests, classic comics, crossword puzzles, vintage advertisements for products from days gone by, and much more. And every issue features my column, Radio 360 where I focus on a celebrity from Hollywood's golden age and write about his or her radio work. And next to my article is the monthly schedule of the classic radio shows I'll be playing each month so you'll never miss your favorites. Remind Magazine is available at Barnes & Noble and Walmart stores throughout the country. But because I write for this magazine, I'll let you in on a little secret. You can get Remind Magazine for about 60% less than the newsstand price by ordering it online at RemindMagazine.com. Visit RemindMagazine.com and subscribe today Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next week, it's Barry Craig, Confidential Investigator, A Date with Judy, Guns, Smoke, Dangerous Assignment, My Friend Irma, and The Whistler. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.